0: All right, so yeah, I want to talk about the new album, this tour, of course, and cool. so maybe maybe dig into the past a little bit. But let's start with the album. It comes out on Friday. Yep. Your third with the band. Now you yep. feel like you're hitting your stride, kind of like the third album is kind of usually usually that's that's the sweet spot, right? Yeah. I, I mean,
1: sure. I guess so.
0: <laughs> I mean, it usually bands, it's like the first or the third album. But like Master of Puppets' third album, like that's when it kind of all kind of came together. And I imagine that there is some gelling period. Getting to know the guys and playing with them and been doing it a long
1: time now. Yeah. But to be honest, I'm I'm really proud of all the stuff we've done together so far it feels like it's just getting stronger and stronger we're really excited about this new record really proud of it yeah i mean maybe this is the sweet spot <laughs> i don't know kind of
0: a different theme i feel like there's always a a theme with each bowl beat album yeah whether it's outlaw and shady ladies or this one but this is kind of more of a i guess looking back towards childhood with rewind replay rebound
1: has mm-hmm.
0: that kind of theme does michael kind of come to you with the theme you being the the producer of the band does mm-hmm. he kind of come to you with his, his vision and then it's your
1: job to kind of help him orchestrate it? The way the band works is not really like uh, well first of all it's not a concept record Okay. I'd say a very self-reflective record you know and with the lyrics there's a lot of personal stuff on there there's, there's stuff that makes you think about when you were, when you were younger when you were, when you were a kid and, you know it just makes you think but it's not a concept record Okay. Per se. I don't think uh, going into this there was any like definite direction or mission statement yeah like as far as like a lyrical thing there wasn't it, it was just like let's make the, the best songs we can make before the lyrics were even written really you know like he was just singing gibberish in the rehearsal <laughs> room and then once everything was kind of mapped out that's when he, he put the lyrics together it just so happened that a lot of the stuff is, uh, is like that you know you but it's you know like I said it's not it's not a concept record third time in or or do you have a
0: little bit more maybe influence and Michael listen and do a little bit more on ideas and riffs and you bring more to the table I I imagine as a third time around. For sure,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: One thing that Volbeat's always great at they always do these really cool collaborations with different people that you would never expect whether it's Black Rose Mm -hmm. and Danko. Danko or it's King Diamond, like, yeah. there's always someone cool, and of, of course, on this one, Neil Fallon and Die to Live, how did that come
1: about? We're big Clutch fans, and you know, there's some history there, the band, like, Volbeat has toured with Clutch, you know, a bunch of times over the years, you know, we're just really good friends with those guys, and I, I guess it's just an idea that, that popped up years ago, and it was just a matter of finding the right song and the right time to do it, I think we nailed it <laughs> with this track, he, he did an amazing job, and his voice fits perfectly on that song, so, yeah. It's funny, as, as much as, like, Bowlby will bring in the, the choir and uh,
0: on Last Day Under the Sun and do that. They also keep it swinging with, like, you know, the uh, Cheapside Sloggers, which I hate to ask this question because it's always a dumb question. What is this song about?
1: But really, what is it? Cheapside slogger Like, what it's, does that uh, mean? Piggy Blinders. What is yes, that? It's a TV show, Piggy Blinders. You don't know Piggy Blinders? I don't. Really? Where you been? <laughs> <laughs> Not watching enough TV, I guess. You know, it's a, it's a killer show. I don't know. Is it a current show? Is it on yeah, Netflix? yeah, 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 yeah. out now? Oh, yeah, totally. Netflix yeah. show? Yeah. Okay, that's my point. Is it Netflix? TV. BBC originally, and then, yeah. yeah so, so, Netflix. so it's a show. Okay. It's a series. Series. Yeah. And then, uh,
0: how did Gary come about? How did his name get thrown out to, to shred on that
1: one? Again, you know, we're obviously big big Slayer fans, big Exodus fans, and we're, we've been friends with Gary for a long time. I've known him forever. Well, not forever, but since. Uh, 2000s? Yeah, I'd say about almost ten years now, I guess. Great guy. You know, we love what he does and you know, we just thought it would be really a fun thing to have him have him on a track.
0: I haven't heard it yet, but I'm I'm certainly looking forward to uh, sorry Sack of Bones. That's a cool track. And I heard that's kind of the hangover hangover song. Curious if you had any hangover tips to share with the audience. Hangover tips? No. Isn't that what the song's kind of about, right? Yeah, you
1: know, I've been I haven't really been drinking. <laughs> Is that the tip? Don't drink, don't get hung yeah, over. don't drink, yeah. I mean, I used to, but not so much these days. Okay,
0: fair enough. Uh, you know, I've been joking on the radio about this being the Notfest Roadshow. I, I said it should have been called the Knotfest European Roadshow since all the bands are European. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the bill. I never thought about that. Yeah, it's right. It's true. You know? And then I started doing the math even more like an idiot and going, well, there's so there's nine Americans in, in Slipknot. Yeah. And then Rob's the 10th. Yep. I think there's nine other guys in all the other bands, so there's like ten Americans and then like nine Europeans out here, so yeah, it really yeah. is like the European festival. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's true. It's true. It's a cool package. It's uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we only did one show so far, and we're looking forward to tonight and, and all, the, all the rest of the shows, but I think the bill is really cool. It's interesting. Yeah, I like, that, I like that Slipknot's taking out some
0: not-so-obvious bands. Yeah, exactly. Like, Behemoth isn't real obvious, but yeah, they're taking them out. Totally. Even Gojira, and, and you guys, although you guys make a lot more sense, but they're diversifying. Do enough. we? <laughs> a little bit more. A little bit more of a, of a name Okay. compared okay. to the other two. Okay, okay. Some recognition. You know, I thought it would be a fun question, since it is Not Fest. Take me back, do you remember the first time you heard Slipknot ever?
1: Yeah. Uh was on their first record. It was Ozfest. I saw them. I was on the side of the stage, and I was blown away. Yeah. Remember what song it was? Or just that you saw them live, so not necessarily on the radio. Yeah, I didn't even song. know the songs. It was literally the first time I heard them. It was like what these guys do in a mask and a jumpsuit. Yeah, it was the clown with the nose and the baseball bat. It was crazy. It was like a circus, completely insane. But it was cool. And, uh, you know, it's it's that energy, is, I, it, I think, is infectious. You know, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really cool. And I think the audience really connects with it. So it's it's great. It's, it, I love the fact that they're keeping heavy music alive. Too. Yeah, bringing blast beats on the radio and stuff. Yeah, yeah totally. And opening the dip, opening the way
0: for more and more of those bands. You know, totally bringing them up. Totally. Want to talk a little Anthrax? hmm I love love. We've come for you all is probably my favorite Anthrax album. Certainly of the Bush cool. era. Cool man. Any any thoughts or stories that come to mind putting that album together?
1: <laughs> that literally feels like a two, lifetime ago. two lifetimes ago. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I mean that was a, that was a funny time, really, because I think the band was kind of in a weird place, and I ended up joining the band as a guitar player, and then you know it was kind of everything kind of happened at the same time. It's they kind were, of the same
0: situation. You go in as an engineer and then you become the guitar player.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I see. Your, I see how you work. Yeah. I yeah. See. Um, actually, that one was the other way around. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but it, you know, they were about to do a record, and uh, everything was kind of up in the air. And, and at, at that time, my production career was kind of like really just just starting really you know what i mean and i just told those guys like you know give me a shot let's let's record one or two songs and see how it comes out and we recorded uh i think it was actually one song we recorded a song called superhero okay on that record and um, everyone was really digging it i thought it came out really good and everyone was stoked on it so that was it and i ended up producing the whole the whole thing with uh, with my partner eddie wool back then yeah, and that, that's kind of uh, how that whole thing came about. Great album, right man. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. It, I love that it had, you
0: know, like, Nobody Knows and, and What Doesn't Die and some really heavy tunes, but then also had, like, Safe mm-hmm. Home, mm-hmm. brought in some melody, like a good good diversity. Also wanted to ask, too, about Cadillac Rock Box and the late yeah. great Dimebag Daryl on that track. What, yep, yep. How, how was it producing him on that track? Did he come in and play or is he you a file?
1: No, he sent us the file. He did it okay. at, at his studio. I, re- I vaguely remember going back and forth, though, a couple times on that particular song and then uh the final like the last one he sent us was just like unbelievable it was phenomenal it was really good he's obviously he was amazing yeah what a what a great guitar player i love the uh the little voicemail intro to on the beginning of that yes you. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and then getting to hear him shred on that tune yeah curious out of out of that time with anthrax do, do you have a favorite song that you maybe how about one that you played that was before your time and maybe one with them that was your favorite during your time
1: Interesting. Wow. I mean, I have a lot of favorites. Uh, Indians is one of my favorite songs. I, I think the middle riff in that song is one of the heaviest riffs of all time. <laughs> really, it literally is. The middle section of that song. And I, you know, there's a few, you know, from my from my time. Uh, Fight Him till You Can't, Devil You Know, Safe Home. That was a lot of fun. That was a different side to something you didn't
0: really expect to get from Anthrax, but yeah. I thought it still still worked, and it still sounded current at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Speaking
0: along those lines, you were part of the Big Four at that time. Yeah. Got to do those Big Four shows. Yes. Looking back on that memory, how was that? It, what's What's the thing that stands out from those Big Four shows, being a part of them? <laughs> was it the first one? Was it the infamous...
1: Uh, for, actually, you, you just, you, yeah, you reminded me of that. So the first uh, Big Four show was in Poland. Right. And um, Metallica guys did something really cool. Uh, they basically got everyone together, you know, like the night before. This crazy restaurant, fancy restaurant, whatever. But it was just like for all the bands to just hang out and just... Because, you know, I, I guess, you know, back in the day when the Big Four, you know, when that term... Was, was originally coined yeah, I was I was too I was, I was young I right. was a huge fan of that stuff but I guess you know this rivalry and all kinds of stuff that went on over the years Right. you know the Metallica guys wanted to just kind of squash, squash it all and just make it you know make it cool for everyone and I, I think it really really worked because from that day on everyone was just like super cool and everyone was hugging each other every day it was, it was great really great vibe. Kudos man. to those guys. Yeah, I'd heard, yeah, I kind of totally. always
0: heard about that infamous night before the tour kicked yeah, off and it was, that. It was awesome. Just all the bands hanging out. I didn't
1: realize it at the time what was, what was like.
0: What was happening. Yeah. Now you get to take some time and look back at yeah, yeah, totally. Let's have some fun. We're all music fans ultimately, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of the big four. Yeah. I've been kind of working on the, uh, what I like to call the evolution of that. 80s thrash is the big four, right? Mm-hmm. We all know Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer. Yeah. If that encapsulates, 80s thrash I'm going to kick it up a decade And add one to it So will go from the 80s To the 90s Add one to it for five For what I call The flannel five <laughs> Not that it could happen as a tour But I'm okay. curious Your favorite band Just pick one out of From the 90s? From this list I'm going to give you Oh, okay, okay. You're going to give my me My flannel list. five Alright, cool So we have the big four This is yep. my flannel five And I didn't want to know Your numero uno out of Okay Nirvana Pearl Jam Stone Temple Pilots
1: Soundgarden Alice in Chains That's a hard one
0: That's the point
1: Yeah (laughs) My two favorites on that list Are are Alice in Chains And and Pearl Jam Pearl Jam I I feel like They're still putting out Really good records I mean Alice in Chains Is as well But obviously Their their history is a little bit A little bit crazy With with, uh, all the stuff That they went through But yeah It's hard to pick one I'm going to hold you to it. Pick one I need one I'll say Pearl Jam Pearl Jam yeah. Give me a song to play on the radio. Okay, Ooh, I guess the first song that got me hooked on Pearl Jam was Even Flow. That album, 10, yeah. man. Great record. Yeah, great. totally great record. Especially at that
0: time, they were. It was almost like a classic rock vibe when they came out. It felt so like '70s rather than '90s at the time. At least for yeah. me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, compared to what was going on from the generation before, it just yeah. felt like such a throwback. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like bullbeat like has that <laughs> throwback appeal to it as well. Yeah. Just to have some fun with that. Speaking of Bullbeat, I ask you the same question for Anthrox. Mm-hmm. Favorite song you like to play from one you didn't record and then one you did record with Bowlby?
1: Um, Mirror and the Ripper. I love that song. And, wow, one of the new ones? I'm not really sure. I, I'm tempted to say, you know, when, when you're in a band and you're working on music all the time and you're, you're putting out records, like, you're always the most excited about the latest stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty excited about the latest, the latest stuff on this record. In fact, you know, um, songs like "The Everlasting," "Leviathan." We're having a lot of fun with uh, the single. You know, "Last Day Under the Sun." They're all really, really fun to play. you got any producing gigs coming up, or is it just pretty oh. much uh, Volbeat full time now? Uh, it's, it's. I mean, obviously Volbeat full time, but um, yeah, there's there's stuff popping up all the time. I just did a track for, uh, for a for Band on Eleven Seven Records called "The Neverlands." Okay. Um, Produced and co-wrote the songs. Yeah, that's I'm pretty proud of that one too. That comes out at some point soon. I'm not really sure. What's the name of them? They're called the Neverlands. Neverland. Okay. 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 It's a new band from New York that that are on Eleven Seven Records. Okay. Killer.
0: I I wish I had more time. I'd love to go through the whole discography, but some of the the stuff you did with Cradle of Filth and El Nino and and that (laughs) third. You know what? Let me ask you this. First I feel old hanging out with you, no, you know that. Dude, we're, we're about the same age It's just that we've grown up on the same music and, mm-hmm. and a lot of that discography A lot of that early 2000 stuff Give me your first impressions when you first heard 36 Crazy Fist 36 Crazy Fist Because that was a band that when I first heard it went oh my god what is this And I love it at the same time Especially like Slit, Race
1: Theory and the stuff yeah. that you were dealing with It's really funny because um, I did my my overdubs and my solos Here in uh, at a studio in LA mm-hmm. And the assistant engineer Her name is Lizzy we were just talking about music when I first met her and stuff and you know, trying to figure out what band she was into and, like, her favorite record of all time. I was like, what's your favorite band? She's like, oh, 36 Crazy Fist. Which record? The first record. I'm like, well, I produced that record. She had no idea I even worked on it. But, uh, yeah, like, when I heard that band for the first time, I was just, I don't I didn't even know what to think. His vocal style was so uh, strange and interesting, but also really, like, uh, catchy somehow. Yes. You know, his, his sense of melody was really cool, really unique. I think he definitely... Honed his skills over the years, you know, and kind of focused it, you know, because back then they were just as a band really trying to figure out what, what they were. But I, I feel like that record came out really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a cool record. Great, great songs on there.
0: And the first El Nino record, I mean, that was another. Mm-hmm. I talked to Kristen not too long ago about that <coughs> record, and he was doing the 15th anniversary of that record, mm-hmm. talking about being old and going out and playing it. But one thing that <coughs> I think gets lost on that record that I didn't really think about until I went back and listened to it a lot of production, a lot of. Uh, sound effects and and some layers and Mm -hmm. some keyboards and some extra sounds in there beyond the guitars and drums and the normal stuff that you would hear but kind of in samples and drops and stuff like that album was actually kind of ahead of its time in that regard a lot
1: Yeah, that was an interesting record the way that came about because somebody else was actually producing their record and they fired him in the middle of it and then we were brought on board I don't even remember who it was to be honest so we we were brought on board and and uh, so was the record pretty much done at that point? It, it was kind of halfway done. It wasn't totally done, if I remember correctly. But and yeah, we just we just took the took the stuff and kind of you know, chipped away at it and turned it into something we thought was cool at the time. You know?
0: And obviously they liked it because they kept you around for the second one too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, my partner Eddie ended up uh, working with them a lot longer than I did. Eddie and I had a production company called Scrap Sixty, you know, for for years and uh, we made a ton of records together. And then we we got so busy that we ended up. Splitting. splitting up and doing like double the work, so it was it was crazy for for a few years. Are you missing turning the knobs a little
0: bit now? You, you, I mean, probably the wrong time because it's the second day of the tour. But do you do you miss it turning the knobs, or do you prefer being on stage, or you think you got a good balance of both?
1: I think I got a good balance of both. Back when I was at Anthrax, uh, you know, those guys don't tour as much as Volbeat does. At least back then they didn't. Right. Yeah, I would uh, I would get I would get burnt out, you know, here and there. You know, I, I would be home working on all these records, and I just like I just be in my head, like saying, "Wow, I wish I could get on the road, you know, get out of here for a bit, and just clear my head." But yeah, so I think I think there's a good balance right now.
0: Doesn't one give you a bigger smile than the other? Like when you nail a mix in the studio versus when you nail a solo live?
1: No, nope. I I get off on it. You know, equally the same. Equally the same. Yeah.
0: Rob, thank you so much for the time. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks. Online at KCALFM.com. Adios.